Ohio celebrates National Voter Registration Day with a striking admission that our system in this state is a mess. Welcome to the September 25th, 2019 edition of The Wake Up, the daily briefing from Cleveland.com. I'm Chris Quinn, editor at Cleveland.com. Well, it's official. Ohio's system for purging voters is a mess, and people very likely have been kicked off the voter rolls who should not have been. That from the guy in charge of the system, Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. After months of examining the voter system, LaRose says he has found deep flaws, and voters likely have lost the ability to cast ballots as a result. Things are so bad that LaRose might call for centralizing voter records in Columbus instead of leaving it to the 88 county boards of election to keep them straight. He said the fractured system is outdated and has contributed to all of the purging problems that have been popping up over the summer. I guess there's some irony in the fact that LaRose made all these statements on National Voter Registration Day. LaRose has been trying to identify voters who should be purged, but repeatedly, outsiders have identified people on the LaRose lists who should not have been purged. In what may be the starkest example yet of rural legislators being able to control what happens in Ohio cities, Cleveland's Fannie Lewis ordinance was killed Tuesday by the Ohio Supreme Court. The Fannie Lewis rule was simple. It required contractors receiving city taxpayer dollars for construction to spend portions of that money hiring city residents. This did not involve state or federal money. It only involved money collected from people living and working in Cleveland. Legislators with no responsibility or connection to Ohio cities passed a law in 2016 prohibiting things like the Fannie Lewis law to force cities to spend their money on people living in rural counties. Cleveland sued to block the state law and won in lower courts, but in a 4-3 ruling Tuesday, the Ohio Supreme Court put yet another nail into the coffin of home rule in this state and upheld the state law. At the time of the lawsuit, Cleveland workers had collected more than $34 million from the Fannie Lewis law, money that in the future will likely leave Cleveland in payments to people living in central and southern Ohio. Cleveland's elected leaders expressed fury about the ruling and say they will seek reconsideration. They will also look at strategies that might accomplish the same goals as the Fannie Lewis law. And let's not forget that Governor John Kasich, who holds himself out today as the compassionate alternative to President Donald Trump, signed the law, which now stops cities like Cleveland from using Fannie Lewis rules to fight poverty. Hingetown, a Cleveland neighborhood on the west end of the Detroit Superior Bridge, has been viewed for some time as an edge neighborhood, one that has challenges but is in the midst of redevelopment. It might be an edge neighborhood no more. A vote by Cleveland City Council Monday helped clear the way for tax incentives for a project that is part of a $60 million makeover that the Snavely Group is performing to the entrance of the neighborhood near the bridge. This tax break is for their 23 million 90 apartment project at what is known as the Painters Union Building, which runs west along Detroit Avenue from West 26th Street. Those 90 apartments are in addition to the nearly 200 in the quarter on the northwest corner of West 25th Street and Detroit Avenue. On the opposite corner, other buildings are being renovated and Cuyahoga County might sell property it owns in the neighborhood to Bridgeworks, one of two developers bidding, Bridgeworks plans another 200 apartments. A Parma Heights teenage girl threatened to shoot up a middle school in neighboring Parma last week, police tell us. 
The 17-year-old stood out to school Thursday, refused to leave, and said she would shoot the place up. That meant a lockdown for the school until police could come and arrest her. She was charged Friday with inducing panic. The school is on Huffman Road, and police earlier had warned her not to trespass there because of an earlier incident that police did not describe. And in news that should relieve the school students and their parents, she did not have a gun when police picked her up. Mitchell's Ice Cream is hitting a big anniversary next month, 20 years in business in Greater Cleveland. Pete and Mike Mitchell have come a long way since opening their first shop in Westlake in 1999. They have 10 locations now, although they make all of their ice cream in Ohio City. Their Instagram page is announcing giveaways on some days in September, and on October 6th, they'll be selling single scoops for the same price they charged in 1999, $1.65. Congratulations to what has become a Cleveland institution. You can find our ranking of every Mitchell's flavor at tinyurl.com slash creamtest. Come back tomorrow for another edition of The Wake Up.